J.T. Crowley is talking books. On this show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. They'll give you their take on the writing process and how to create the secret sauce of page-turning deliciousness. Let's get into that magical mixture of the art and science of creativity. Here's J.T. Crowley, author of The Smart Kids and your podcast host. Hello. I'm J.T. Crowley, and today I have another interesting author for you, Antonius Panayatu. He is a young author from Northern Ireland, and as his surname suggests, he has Greek ancestry. And you'll be right, for that hereditary line comes from his father's side of the family. Interestingly enough, he's the only one in the family that has a Greek first name. His mother, father, brother, and sister have ordinary names. Anthonius's book, Fog, Volume 1, Chaos in Quantum City, for me is going to appeal to young sci-fi followers. Not, of course, ruling out those maturer sci-fi readers who are a little further down the life in life's path and not quite one foot in the grave. <laughs> you may well ask, how did I come to the conclusion that young, not so young, uh, sci-fi readers are going to enjoy this book? Well, the answer is that I simply read the book. And if you want to find out, go and read the book as well, everybody. But for the purpose of the interview, I, instead of calling Antonius, Antonius at the whole interview, he's actually his friends call him Athen. So we've agreed we're going to stick with Athen because that's what his friends call him, everybody, and his family. I think if he's in trouble by his mother, he'll get his full name, and then he knows he's really in trouble when his mother calls him Antonius. That means trouble. (laughs) Athen, from a very early age, has loved comic books, pop culture, superhero figures, and futuristic thinking. And when you combine these childhood likes and fantasies, you start to see where the concept of Athen's book comes from. And when you add in his love of doodling, if I may be so bold as to say that, his drawings, his sketches, you definitely get the sense that Athan has drawn on his childhood passions to create this first book of his, because in the book there are his illustrations, everybody. Athan's dream is to make a serious indent into the literary world of the sci-fi genre. Good luck to him, we all say. So let's invite Athan onto the show to talk about his book, Fog, Volume 1, Chaos in Quantum City. And when you look at the book, there is an awful lot of chaos in Quantum City, everybody. Athan, come and join me. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Yes. Is it lovely and sunny in Northern Ireland like it is here in the UK? Well, it's uh, sunny and uh, spikes of rain, just the usual. It's always raining. <laughs> it's Northern Ireland for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, Athan, your book. I understand that the concept of this book began when you were 17 and yeah, you're now 26. Talk me through the journey of the last nine years from concept to publication. Well, 
Yeah, it was around that age. It was uh, 16, 17. And um, it, it took maybe a couple of years to write. And I always, I always, I had it done and it was just, you know, resting on the digital shelf for, for a few years. And eventually I, I built, built up the money to, to get it published and go through with that. So yeah, it was, it was really, really exciting to, to finally have my own creation, uh, a legitimate book. Have that book, which is just there behind you on the stand there. So did it did it take a long time to you know to actually you know write it to think of the the ideas um there was a lot of going back rewriting some stuff um cuz as i was uh writing it over the like couple two three years i would i would go back read it again some things uh as i would as i would uh, age didn't seem right as coming from um or just were a bit um cringy for the better for lack of a better word um but so i was like no don't want that changed it tried to make it a bit better so it's gone through many forms and different drafts and yeah and so it's it's finally the way i want it to be it's called re-editing <laughs> yeah <laughs> and just and when you even think, um, Athan, that yes, you've got your first edition out, you change it, it also it's somebody picks something up, spots something, and that's when you get the second and third and fourth editions. <laughs> yeah. Um there are eleven chapters in your book, Athan. Uh so let's go to chapter one to start off with. And here you set the scene. Now we're in the year twenty one eighty three. You start off by saying, quote, an alternate future like with incredible technological advances. It's a cold Monday night in the outskirts of the semi-utopian quantum city. So here you are, Ian. You're introducing us to the, to the rundown district of Crystal, of course, and the reason why it's Crystal, well, I'll let you say that in a minute. But here you are, you're starting to introduce some of the main characters. You start to dangle a character as to what is possibly coming further down the storyline. But for me, I think when I read this opening gambit, this was powerful and significant. And of course, all books need a good opening gambit, need power significant to tease the reader. So where in your imaginary world did this opening storyline come from? And where in your fabricated mindset is Quantum, Cist- Quantum City? Uh, you know, when you've set the scene in 2183, are we on this planet? Are we on another planet, another galaxy? Where have you set this? So it's set in Ireland. Um, there's a lot of uh, history I've fabricated to uh, in between present day and 2183 to have things different and change and n- new cities that have appeared. I won't go too much into it, but um, it's set. I, I like to say that it's set in Galway. But it's it's like a fictional version of Galway, um, just the way that like because I've done doodles of of like city maps that I've um I've I've, I've, I've had and like the way it uh, it fits just it's just Galway. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, um, what sorry, what what was the other part of your question? So 
you know, so where in your imaginary world, you know, did the storyline come from? Ah, um, I think originally it just started off as a little passion project to just start something. And I, I think it, it, it went through a few variations. Um, I think I definitely wanted to start off with the, uh, the hydrogen station as petrol is depleted at this time. And, uh, and I think I then added that extra character, um, uh, Nathan at the start, uh, to just in, add him into it as well. And to see where his, uh, his story, like, will go and just, yeah, as you said, like, dangle that character a wee bit because we get back to him. Um, but yeah, I think I just wanted to start off you know, a bit simple, just, you know, a car on the road, who, who this guy is, why he's tired, that kind of thing. Of course, Galway. I mean, I know Galway very well. Um, I've got cousins who live there out in Oran Moor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a young uh, person's city, isn't it? There's all the young, uh, young people of Ireland tend to go to Galway. They all talk about Galway because it's on the west coast of Ireland, isn't it? Yep. So that's where Quantum City is. Mm. I was just wondering, so I thought I'd ask. <laughs> In Chapter 3, let's go to Chapter 3, Athen. You start by, you know, Keris scrambling up broken bricks and dragging herself through the sash window. She's invaded Doug's depressing hovel, so to speak, yet these two characters strike up a reasonable friendship. What was going on in your mind when you wrote this chapter? Why the scene and why the storyline involving Keris and Doug? Because Keris is really is one of the main protagonists, isn't she? Yeah. But she Doug is. is just a strong character as well. Yes. Uh, after uh, trying not to spoil what's in the book, because you'll have to read it. Um, Good cue. After... <laughs> Uh, after the situation that happens prior to that, she she's on she's alone, and that's how she runs into Doug, who is also living alone. So they they kind of just fill that void for friendship, like a new friendship that 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 can start a, a complicated friendship. Um, but uh, essentially, they just they end up you know deep down like they you know they like each other and. Uh, not not in that way, but like just uh, they <laughs> they a plutonic relationship. Yes, it's just a very fr- fr- like you know friendship uh, oriented. Yeah. yeah, because when you look at your book, uh, Athen, the characters are young, and they're young characters that live on the edge of life and society, vulnerable characters, and these characters, you know, they would be characters that you know society wouldn't miss. And of course, um, Elliot, again, um, whether you deem him as the evil protagonist or um, not quite so good protagonist, he, uh, with his experiments, because this is what the book is about, he is aware of that and he picks on these vulnerable, young, on the edge society people. And these are the characters that you have built up, they're young characters. Have you done this deliberately? Um, 
I don't think I did it deliberately in the sense that, you know, he's picking only young characters. I think he, it's not that he, you know, in the grand scheme of things, his plan is to just pick on the less, uh, uh, like financially stable, like lower class. He, he's a very high class, kind of pompous character. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he, he has a lot of disdain for lower class, um, uh, people, but you find out why, uh, in the book. Um, but I think with the characters I, that I've introduced, Karis and Felix. They're, yes, the younger ones. Uh, Nathan isn't as young, though he, he is still in his late 20s, but he, you know, he's, he's still, he's, That's he's young been, to a lot of people. I, I know, I, I think he's still young, but he's, he's still, he's actually quite, he's closer to Elliot's age than, you know, uh, other characters. Um, Karis uh, and, uh, Felix, they're brother and sister, aren't they? Yes, they're brother and sister. Um, and originally I had, the idea that you know well like because when I was writing it uh, way back when I I was mainly trying to focus on Nathan a lot more and he was in my mind the protagonist but as I kept writing and in the second book as well I just got more and more drawn to Karis and her her story and she ended up becoming more of the pr- protagonist or pro antagonist, depending on how you, how you see her. She's a bad egg. Sometimes you'll she find is. out why. Yeah. Mm. You'll, you'll, you'll see that if you read it, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So um, yeah, the, uh, I, I really do try to balance uh, character story arcs and subplots and what they're doing and what they, they want and how they fit into the world and, Really trying to just ba- yeah, just balance the, the screen time or page page time. <laughs> do you love creating your characters? I really do. I will. I will be sitting in in my work, not sitting in my work. I will. I'm very on my feet, and I will always constantly be thinking of new characters and what makes them tick. What's their special ability if they have one, and what is their current situation and just trying to think of interesting kind of origin stories or how they link into other characters i really do like to connect some stories to make the world feel a bit more lived in uh, that things can like blend in and mold over and affect other people but yeah so when you write your book are your characters real to you in your mind are they talking to you all the time and saying, come on, Athen, get the next bit done? <laughs> um, well, not, well, I don't think of them as real people, but I, I, I think I flashed them out uh, enough that they, they, you know, they, they, might, they could as well be real people. You know, clearly, Athen, the, the character Elliot is the mastermind behind these experiments because there are experiments in this book and um, projects. Mm-hmm. And that's why the book is called Fog because one of the um, experiments or projects, however you want to phrase it, um, is Fog. So hence the title of the book. And you can tell the listeners without giving too much away of the storyline uh, what are these experiments? What are these projects that you know you've created? What are they, Athen? 
Right. Okay. Without trying to give too much away, that's a bit difficult. Uh, I'll try my best. Um, so I think to start off with the whole fog is what, like just the name itself. It doesn't imply that it's fog. It's just a, a word. You, you, you do find out why it's called that as well, but that was a, a hard decision in what I was going to call the book in the first place. I, I was going through so many different ideas. What could it be? Um, but eventually I, I, I settled on fog because fog, the fog is, uh, it, it connects all the characters together. It is the main kind of nexus of the story and brings all the characters together. It's the main, um, has the most main kind of impact on what makes the, the story happen essentially um but with the experiments what uh, why elliot is doing it um uh, that's a good question uh i don't think i can give that away i'll leave that a mystery <laughs> oh so let's go to because you're not going to give away i can understand that you know, if you want to find out everybody, read the book. I know what they, I know why they call experiments. Um, <laughs> hmm. And some of them aren't particularly pleasant. <laughs> that is all, that's the sci-fi world, everybody. That's what, you know, people who love genre, the sci-fi like. So let's go to, let's have a look at chapter seven in your book, Athen. For me, this chapter highlights the chaos, and that's the, you know, chaos in Quantum City. Uh, that is, a, you know, exploded in Quantum City, hence the subtitle, Chaos in Quantum City. Here you talk mm-hmm. about gangland murders, aspiring out of control, gangs like the Hammerheads. You develop the characters, Nathan and Thomas here. And for me, you start to twist and you do this very cleverly, the character of Keris into a, a more of a full-blown, and for me, a psychopathic killer. Um, and again, we're coming to Elliot's experiments are starting to backfire as far as I could see. And Keris is starting to ratchet up the notch here and become one of the main characters. You're turning the heat up here, aren't you? Why? Well, um, from well from the the first half of the book as well, um, Karis is still very psychotic killer. But uh, yeah, she does turn it up a bit more. Um, I think why that is is that it is a certain outcome of one of the experiments done on her, um, and. I do develop the character even more like in into the second book and other projects after that that aren't connected to the main series um that haven't been published yet but uh <laughs> but the, to notch it up yeah I just I I wanted to really kind of just crescendo it like the story more more chaos yeah more chaos and how it's going to um what what the outcome is going to be at the end and yeah just 
you know, like most authors, um, Athen, you've got to put the tension into the book and you've got to increase that tension as the book goes along because that's what you want is the readers to turn the pages. Exactly. And you've got to put that tension in and you've got to twist the plot and you've got to change the characters and they've got to move with the storyline. I get that. So let's go to chapter nine, Athen. You talk about cryogenics. You know, genetically engineered black snow. Hmm, I thought. Now, I my understanding of cryogenics is the production and behavior of materials at very low temperatures. So, of course, you've got oh, the black snow. Um, where are you taking the readers here, Athen? You know, you've got the characters Nathan, Thomas, uh, Natasha. They play significant roles here. You talk about crystal vigilantes. You're really rushing up again. So we're, you know, chapter seven, we've got the tension, and here we're coming up another notch again to chapter nine. You're ratcheting and ratcheting up this tension. Now, Keris is now known as the Red Devil. Um, she's, you know, the twists of the knife that, you know, you've given um, Keris is, is absolutely fascinating. So this is an important chapter in the storyline, and that's why I want to talk about it. So let's talk about this chapter. How long did it take you to formalise in your mind this, the plot to this chapter and why are you ratcheting up here again? It took, it took a lot, quite a while because I, once I had finished, um, to, to explain it, like once I finished this book, I, I did go straight on to the second book and you know, there's the two books. So it all comes together at the end of the final book. So it, it may seem like I'm adding in random things at times or, um, uh, but like it all comes together. But with the, with the cryogenics, I wanted to add in just other kind of side projects that, that the comp, that company does other than. Uh, the fog. That's Panadox, isn't it? Yeah, Panadox. It's a play on my last name, actually. Um, <laughs> Work that out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to add in like other things and um, pl- kind of have a play around with it. I think when I when I was when I was young younger at the time, I was coming up with uh, like different car uh, like. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I'm tip, I'm tip, tip toping her on, 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 on ice here, pun, unten- pun intended. Um, but I think I, I really wanted to play with di- like different, like elements and stuff and what happens with those and, uh, how volatile they might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, yeah. So do you sometimes inject into your books um, ideas, fresh ideas, and thinking, well, let's run with this. Let's see where this is going to go. And, exactly. and sometimes you're thinking, well, I don't know where this is going to go until I actually, you know, put it down on paper. Yeah, I think that is that is one of, like, kind of half of my, my writing method where I will do bullet points of things that I definitely do want to happen, main anchors in the story. But when it comes to character dialogue or scenes where people are discovering things, I do kind of just run off, well, what that person says, how will they reply and try to just make the, make the, the dialogue as natural as possible. 
um also well of course trying to add in drama at the same time but uh yeah i'd I'd really do just kind of go with the flow (laughs) so when you'd um create your characters do you go and do research to say like what a psychopathic killer would be and then build that you know into the book you know into that character karis well there is twisted mind of elliot yeah, there is a lot more to Karis than you seem. She she may be psychopathic, but there are other things at play with her psyche. So, uh, and I have done research about it um, as as well. I don't want to say too much because I really do want people to read the book. But um, there, yeah, there is a lot more to Karis than meets the eye. Um, you really do see it like um, at the, well, I mean, like throughout the story, you'll, you'll kind of see her, you know, get more unhinged. And then near the end of this, uh, near the end of the book, you'll really see. Exactly how unhinged she is. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I definitely don't want to spoil what happens. No, no. Yeah. So I won't do that. Then, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a really interesting thing happens with Karis at the end of the book. So uh, and then yeah, like oh, I, I, I don't, I just, I, I can't, I can't. We're not say. going there, everyone. Read the yeah, book. So, but but with uh, with with Nathan and and stuff, and like you know, with his personality, I think he's just trying to kind of do good, and he's he just wants to, okay. you know. He he's you know, he he's trying. I'm trying to embody him as the 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 goody two shoes kind of white knight. Like he wants to be good. He is the hero. He is you know that kind of that kind of character. Uh, with Felix, he's more of like a a grey character. He's very you know, he struggles. Now I'm going to come on to Felix in a minute. Yeah, Hold that line there. Hold that line. Yeah. Let's go to the last chapter, Athen. Yeah. So, you know, um, two things have played my mind throughout the whole of your book. Um, And that is, well, Keris and Felix are brother and sister, as I've already said. But my question is, why did you give Keris the dominant role in a female as opposed to Felix, her brother. And he is a grey character. He's not so dominant in the storyline. So in many respects, you know, I thought, hmm, why has he done this? Were you after deliberately, you know, wanting to have a female dominant character in the book as opposed to another male character, you know, like Felix? Um, I think with character leads and stuff, I I really do try to... Well, part of it is that I am conscious with you know balancing char- like you know character types you know male or female so I don't want to you know have too many of you know, a certain character I do want like balance out with Natasha as well who is another character female character um she's a but, strong character yeah mm. and so with Karis being a strong female lead uh opposed to the brother um I think I think I just um, really had, like, at the time, more fun writing her, and, and maybe she just kind of got more of a spotlight in that way. Fun fact, her name, Karis, it, it was actually 
when I when when I before I was born, they thought I was going to be a girl, so they were going to call me Karis, and that's where that name comes from. It's uh. it's a part of me. So, um, but I don't know. I think maybe it's just because she's a, she, she technically is stronger than Felix, so I think that's why I had they're more focused on her capabilities, the trouble she gets into being psychopathic mm. and that kind of her, her you know psyching and stuff um with felix i guess it's in his character he is very relaxed he does struggle but he, he doesn't like to do much uh he does still do you know some things and he helps with you know helps out Karis and stuff but he is i think he is he just he just wants to sit yeah. on 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 the sofa with a with a with a cold one <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah I found staggering. You've killed off one of the main characters. Mm. I'm going to say who, if you want to know who, mm. guess what? Read the book. Why have you killed <laughs> off one of the main characters? Uh, you know, uh, anybody, a publisher would go, you've killed one of the main characters off in the first book. What are you doing here? <laughs> right. So it was a very bold move, but I think the... The main idea behind that was because a lot of my inspiration comes from <clears throat> comic books. And I always saw in comic books that people like, you know, like characters that die and then in the next few issues, they'll get resurrected. Um, so I thought I don't want to really do that trope. Like I really don't like that trope. So if I'm going to do it, it's going to be at a very far minimum. But, All right. Yeah. Let's keep it a secret. Yeah. Let's move on to chapter 11, Athen. Um, here we've got the character. Now, you're introducing towards the end here some new characters. I thought, hmm. You know, Anubis is coming to the fore uh, with the fight, you know, the battle with Keris, and you bring in the Minotaur. And for me, here you are again, killing off another character, introducing more characters. Is this you introducing us to the next book? Yes. Ah, there you go, everybody. I thought that was the case. You know, because clearly you're bringing back, you know, Karis, Natasha, Felix, and Nathan in the next book, and Doug. That's my understanding from what you're yes. saying there. And I think you, the end of this book is you telling people, what's coming in the new book, isn't it? Yes. Well, let's keep them guessing here, shall we? Yes. So I understand, um, Athan, from chatting to you, that you want to be an inspirational author within the literary world of sci-fi genre. Who do you look up, who do you look up to in that um, category? And how are you going to set your stall out to be like them? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I am very, I very, I do look up to a lot of the storylines and stuff by written for Marvel and DC and the writers there. Um, but I do get a lot of inspiration and look up to a lot of other, um, uh, like sci-fi shows and animated shows and um, even even video games that that have really good storylines. Um, so I mean I, I get I look up to and get inspiration and from all 
all things. So how are you um, going to dominate the scene then? To I'm going to dominate the scene by introducing exciting and complex uh, my own kind of superhero genre to the UK and Ireland because I feel that Marvel and DC is very or- orientated in all that stems from America and that's what that's where they came from and those characters like Spider-Man, Batman, they're all they're all like take place in America and everything happens in New York. I want to I want to make a difference. I want it to stem uh-huh. these characters are in Ireland. This is what's going on. There's chaos happening in Ireland. <laughs> and if you look, everybody at his T-shirt, he's got Spider-Man on that. And if you look behind him, he's got Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Athan, where can people get your book? They can get my book on the publisher's website, Author House. And they can also get my book on Amazon and Kindle. Okay. Antonias, Paniatu, Athan. Thank you for joining me on the show today. It's been really, truly inspirational, and your book is wonderful. And, you know, for the sci-fi genre people, you youngsters, this is your book, and for the not-so-young as well. I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you are in the world. So until next time, stay safe.